Matthew chapter 7. Take your Bibles, turn there, let's stand in honor of God's Word as we get started here this morning. And uh, this is the final message from our Savior's message that He preached. Um, you might remember as we got started in what's called the Sermon on the Mount, um, that I wasn't sure exactly how we were going to approach it. Brother Sam had preached it years ago. We had taught through it a couple different times, even in Sunday school. I don't believe it's been a waste of our time to slow it down and preach it just small section by small section. In fact, we, I was surprised to say we started this back in February, preaching through one sermon. Uh, and, um, and it's been rich. I've enjoyed it. It's been a wonderful experience just to try to glean from our Savior. And so we're going to read now Matthew 7. Let me direct your attention to verse 21. Our text begins in verse number 24. But let's begin in verse 21. And I'm going to highlight a few words as we go through to help us really catch on early uh, today to the message. Not everyone that what? Saith unto me. Not everyone that saith, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. That's not a works-based salvation, by the way. That's not saying, well, if you'll keep the commandments, you can come in. No, there's no way you could keep the commandments. That's why he came to save you, dying on the cross. But once you're saved, you ought to be obedient to his word. See? All right. Verse number 22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have not have cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works? Here's Jesus reply. Here is the verdict from the from the judge. Verse 23. Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Sobering words. You're claiming to know me, but I never knew you in the sense of a relationship, and salvation. And then he says, depart from me, ye that what work. And the idea is that you do iniquity. All right. So they say one thing. I hope you caught all those. There's a difference between what they were saying and what they were doing. All right. Now, look, notice this next section. It's very similar, only the focus is on hearing. Verse 24. Therefore, whosoever, what? Heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, there it is, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that, what does it say? Heareth. Everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the, rains and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew. Similar circumstances, right? And beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Now, this is not just for kids. And it came to pass 
When Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. The people. Now he's speaking to his disciples, but evidently there were some that were gathered there close enough to hear. He's not speaking to the whole multitude that was there. In fact, chapter 8, verse 1 says, When he came down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. Right. So this morning, here's the title of the message A Life Built on Application. A Life Built on Application, the Collapse of a Life Without It. A Life Built on application, the collapse of a life without it, without it. Now, after you're seated, if you'd find Luke 6, 46, we'll refer to that a little bit later on. I want you to see a parallel passage to this here this morning. But a life built on application, the collapse of a life without it. So may God bless the reading of his word as you're seated Consider this very important passage. <clears throat> Perhaps one of the first songs we learn as children growing up is in church is the wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his, we could all sing it. And the rains came down and the floods came up, right? And the house on the rock stood firm. But the foolish man built his house upon the sand, right? Foolish man built his house upon the sand. The rains came down and the floods came up and the house on the, on the sand went splash, splat, splash. I've heard all kinds of sayings. Any way you say it, it's not good, right? So build your house on the Lord Jesus Christ. The blessings will come down as the prayers go up. You know, some of those early lessons we learn are very foundational. Really, we dare not get away from the simplicity of God's Word and His messages to us. I believe we're on the heart and soul of many problems in the lives of those who would claim to follow Jesus. The problem today is not a lack of Bible hearing. It's a problem with applying the Bible. Our problem, I mean, now there is, let me be clear, there is a problem today of a lack of Bibles in the land. We're glad to pass out Bibles to people. Everybody needs a Bible. We are blessed to have the Word of God preserved for us in the English language. There are still languages in the world that are yet to have any portion of the Bible. So we ought to be concerned about that. But our problem, would, could I be honest here today, and well, you'd expect a preacher to be right, and um, I'm, I'm preaching to maybe two groups here. There's really only two groups in this sense. There's saved and lost. 
born again and those that need to be born again. So I, uh, I realize there may be someone here today that doesn't know the Lord is their Savior. We're concerned about you. We've prayed about you, but I, I'm preaching today to the believers because even as somebody that may not claim to be a believer, you expect believers to act like believers. Isn't that right? I think that's fair. I think that's right. I think that's understandable that somebody that is not in church would expect people in church to act like people ought to act who are in church. It's fair. So what's our problem? Well, it's not that we don't have Bibles. We have multiple Bibles. We have Bibles in our home. You have a Bible probably in your car. You have a Bible in maybe every room of the house. You have a Bible on your phone. You have a Bible on your computer. We have more Bibles in the lost and found than some countries have. I'm just telling you, our problem is not a lack of Bibles. Our problem is not a lack of, of hearing the Bible. It's a problem of applying it. The Bible wasn't given just for information. The Bible was given for transformation. The Bible was not written just to be understood. Although everything that is here is for our understanding. And it's not like there's got to be the spiritual elite that gets to understand the Bible and the rest of us do not. No, God wants all people to understand his word. Whether you are in the ministry or not in the ministry, you are just as much, you have just as much of the Bible written to you as any preacher does. Bible, God wants the plowman to understand the Bible, the farmer to understand the Bible, just as he does the pastor. But it wasn't just written to be understood. The Bible was written, written to be obeyed. The goal of the Bible and the goal of Bible preaching is not to make us more educated, but to make us more Christ-like. The word apply. Uh, apply means this, to make use as relevant. The word of God, listen to me real close here this morning. This will help you if you'll listen. That's step one. But it's really going to help you if you'll apply it. That's step two. But I'm telling you, the word of God, we don't have to make it relevant. We just need to, to disclose or demonstrate its relevance. It's already relevant. So application means that I make use of the Bible. Here's what we've got to do. We've got to take everything in life and run it through the filter of the Word of God. It is what we measure life by. It's what we need to measure doctrine by. It's what we need to measure ideas by and values by. I'm telling you, God has given us a wonderful resource in the Word of God. To make use as is relevant uh, apply means this, to put to use, to put to use. It means to put into effect, put this into effect. He that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. If you hear what Jesus said, then you got to put it into action. Put it into effect. I don't think you get pulled over for speeding because you didn't know the speed limit most of the time. Right now, there may be some times as the speed limit changes that you didn't realize the change and you can plead ignorance, but you're still held accountable. Right. 
But I think most of the time we speed, I say we, not proudly, but <laughs> honestly. Sometimes we speed. See how I'm minimizing my sin? Sometimes <laughs> we speed, not because we don't know, it's just we don't apply it. Matthew Henry said this, it's not enough just to hear Christ's sayings and understand them, hear them and remember them, hear them and talk of them, hear them and repeat them, hear them and dispute for them, but we must hear them and do them. If our hearing be not the means of our obedience, it will be the aggravation of our disobedience. Listen to these words by John Stott, who said this, In applying this teaching to ourselves, we need to consider that the Bible is a dangerous book to read. And that the church is a dangerous place to join. Why? He said this, for in reading the Bible, we hear the words of Christ and in joining the church, we say we believe in Christ. As a result, we belong to the company described by Jesus as both hearing his teaching and calling him Lord. Our membership, therefore, listen to this, in, in a day and time when church membership is mm, minimized, in a time when church membership is taken lightly, listen to what he said here, our membership, our church membership, therefore lays upon us the serious responsibility of ensuring that what we know and what we say is translated into what we do. Our very church membership is saying, I'm calling Jesus my Savior and I'm calling him my Lord. Then you're making that public declaration by your church membership. Maybe you didn't know that's what you were doing when you joined this church, but that's exactly what you're doing when you join this church. You're saying, I'm one of his disciples. Therefore, you better be doing what he said to do. You say, uh, check, please. How can I get out of this? You're born again. You can't. And, and if you're thinking right, you wouldn't want to. Because today we're talking about basically this, how to have a stable life. Who, who, who here says, I don't want one of those. I think everybody in their right mind would say, I need a stable life. I mean, with everything going on in my life and everything that's going on in the world, mercy sakes alive. I need a stable life. I just, I just recently met with an individual and that's, that were the, those were the very words that they said, I want to be more stable in my life. You can be. I believe what is needed today is a church full of believers at Southwest Baptist Church who take Jesus' words seriously enough to apply them. To put them into effect in your life. Because otherwise you're deceiving yourself. 
If somehow you have in your mind, I'm doing my Christian duty because I'm in church today. This is only where you're getting the instructions for the week. In fact, you need more than just Bible on Sunday morning. If your brain works like my brain does, I need a regular intake of the Bible to help me think right. Because I'm prone to think wrong. I'm prone to have really dumb thoughts. How about you? Can we just be honest today? And I'll tell you another thing I'm prone to do since we're all confessing our sins here this morning. I'm prone to hear what Jesus said and then not do a thing with it. So then what good does it do you? You say, well, I heard it. Well, yeah, that's right. You heard it. But if you don't do a thing with it, my friend, listen, it's not done you any good because you're just the same as you were before you heard it. What if we really considered Jesus' words to be serious enough that we would work real hard, number one, to tune in, like to, to intentionally choose to listen? That's step one, to intentionally choose to listen and then to understand. And maybe it's going to take some effort to do that. But I'm telling you, listen, it's worth doing that because these are the words of a living Savior that will stabilize your life if you will hear them and do them. Otherwise, we can be rather self-deceived thinking we're good Christians because we go to church. While all the time, you could be coming to church every single service and yet not poor in spirit and yet not mourning over sin and yet not meek and yet not hungering and thirsting after righteousness and yet not merciful and yet not a peacemaker, but actually an agitator and yet not pure in heart, but rather actually very evil in your heart and mind and not one that would endure persecution, but one that gives up real easy if things get kind of kind of hard. Hey, listen to me. I'm asking you today. Are you just hearing what he said? Or are you ready to do what he said? There's a focus in the first verses we read there that's on those who claim to know him, but they do otherwise. There's a danger. A lot of people claiming to be a Christian, claiming to be saved, that their life would testify otherwise. I'm not trying to cause anybody here to doubt your salvation, but I would cause everybody here to evaluate. Have you been born again according to what the word of God says born again is? To know that your sins are forgiven and not just to claim to be a Christian, but to be able to go to the Bible and say, well, here's what God says about salvation. And he says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And, and it says here that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And you say, it's a gift. That means that I could receive it. And on this day, I did receive it. And the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that's exactly what I did for salvation. Then listen, if you did what God said to do for salvation, then you can know that you've been born again. But if you're claiming to be a Christian because you're a member of a church or you're baptized as an infant or because you were born in a Christian nation, you're saying, Lord, Lord. But wait a minute. If you've never been born again, you'll die and go to hell. In this section that we're in here now, it is more about 
believers and, and those that would, that would hear and yet not do a thing with what they're told. I'm telling you this morning, there's no substitute for obedience. You may be able to articulate a lot of doctrinal truths, but if you're not applying them, then it's done you no good. You may, be, you may listen to countless messages on the internet or by CD, or you may be even old school and go cassette tape. It does not matter what form or how much preaching you listen to. If you're not taking what God says to you and doing something with it, you're on shaky ground. Jesus said in verse 24, if you look back at it, therefore, whosoever, that includes you, right? Whosoever, you're one of those. Whosoever. It, it doesn't matter if you haven't been listening. It doesn't matter if you haven't been applying. He still says whosoever right now, right here, right today, regardless of where you are and what's going on in your life. If you would just say, I, I really need stability in my life. I really need to have a rock solid marriage. Well, I just did a wedding yesterday and, 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 uh, and, and Danny and Allie were, were united in marriage and I, I prayed for them. They would build a house upon a rock. How can you have a solid marriage that'll last 50 years? Well, you hear what Jesus says about marriage and you do it. Even if you don't like it at times. Now, once you get to doing it, you'll like it. Notice, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, of mine, did you see that? It's of mine. This is, this is a call not, not to apply a list of rules and principles from some religious teacher. This, this is an invitation to a personal relationship to hear what he says and have relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and apply what he says. I must also point out that these sayings of mine means that it is the words, it is the, uh, the authoritative words. We read it at the end. They were amazed at the words of Jesus because he didn't teach like the other scribes. He taught with authority. Amen. He wasn't quoting other rabbis. He was saying and his word was on par with the Old Testament scriptures. Here's the deal. You can walk down the halls of some institution and maybe you see a quote by Henry Ford or you see a quote by George Washington Carver or you see a quote by George Washington or Abraham Lincoln. And there are some wonderful quotes, but I'm telling you today, they are not on par with what Jesus said because you may walk past those sayings, past those quotes and never think another thing about it. You can take it or leave it. But when it comes to the words of Jesus, you cannot take it or leave it. You must read receive what he says and apply it to your life because your very life depends on it. He that's here at these sayings are mine. I, I'm telling you that what Jesus has said to us here in these months as we've studied his words or as you've picked it up even just today, this is a matter of life and death. This is a matter of stability or instability. This is a matter of you being useful or your life not being useful and your life being wasted. Because it's only a house that is standing that is useful. Amen. One that is collapsed and uninhabitable is not useful. So I'm asking you today as a Christian, as a believer, do you want your life to be useful or unuseful? Choose. 
choosing to listen, choosing to think about what God has said, choosing then to obey. And here's the hard part, choosing to keep doing it. Jesus says, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them and applies them, here's what he says, I will liken him, I'm reading verse 24, unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Look over at Luke chapter 6 here this morning. Luke 6. We doing all right? Everybody still tuned in here, following along? <clears throat> Luke 6 is a parallel passage to Matthew 7. You're going to see some commonality. You'll see some additional words here, rather helpful. Verse 46. Luke 6. Here's a really good question from Jesus. It applies to our message here today. His message. Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Why do you call him Lord and you don't obey him? Do you have a boss and you don't do what the boss says? You get that? Can you really call him your boss if you're just doing your own thing? I wonder how long you'll be working there. Well, I call you me Lord, Jesus says, and you don't do what I say. Look at verse number 47. Whosoever cometh to me, there's step one, right? And heareth my sayings, there's step two. And doeth them, there's step three. I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man which built in house. Oh, and notice this. And what? Dig deep. Dig deep. There it is. You got to dig deep. Dig deep to do what? To get down to rock. You got to dig deep. All right, look at it. And lay the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it. <laughs> that just sounds like it ought to be preached. And could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man without a foundation. Without a foundation. We've got some builders here in the auditorium. We've got some builders here in our church. And I wonder what builder here would not first dig deep to lay a foundation. Come on, this is Oklahoma. You're going to be calling another business to come out and lift your house. If you don't build with a foundation. You've got to dig deep. I submit to you that both of these individuals built on similar soil, but one took the time to dig deep into the soil and found rock. The other didn't take the time to build a foundation. He just started building on the soil, on sand. Okay, you can go back to Matthew 7. Everybody see that though, that dig deep part? I'm asking you today if you're digging deep. He dug deep. That means it took, he took the time to lay, lay a proper foundation. He took the time to invest. And, and by the way, he says he, he likened him to a man that built a house. How many houses were built in a day? Not very many. It takes some time to build a house. I'm telling you, it takes a while to build a Christian life. 
There's some that are just recently saved. Let me, let me encourage you not to get discouraged because you're not seeing a lot, a lot of fast progress. Just, just stick with it. You build a house brick by brick. Uh, foundation, pouring and framing and all that goes into it. Mercy, there's a lot that I, that I wouldn't even begin to realize that goes into building a home. It's a lot of planning. It's a lot of preparation. You had to dig deep, but listen to this. Every house will be tested by weather. Every life. Every life here is going to be tested by weather. Rains come. I don't think this is just a gentle rain, although they're gentle rain. Gentle rain over time can do some damage if the house is not well equipped. But this is more the downpour. This is an Oklahoma storm in Israel. Don't you know that they would have something like what they would have? The rains came down, this torrential downpour, and as a result of that, the floods came up. The word flood is literally river, so the rivers come up. Run, rain's coming down, it's going in the ravines, and it's going down, and now uh, streets are flooded, roads are flooded, houses are, are being bombarded with, with flooding and so forth, and then the wind is blowing with force, and it's pounding upon the house. In life, it's not just one thing that comes your way, it's a combination of difficulty that sometimes comes your way. But it did not fall. It stood. It did not fall to pieces. The word fall there means fall to pieces or collapse. It did not collapse. Your life is being tested. Ultimately, when you stand before the Lord, your life will be tested. What are you building upon? Are you taking what Jesus has said and applying it? Or have you heard what Jesus said and yet you're going your own way? That's much like what the disciples were initially. They heard what Jesus said. Jesus said, I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to be crucified. And on the third day, I'll rise again. Very next thing you know, they're having a big old discussion, a big old debate about who was the most important disciple among them. They heard what Jesus said, but it went in one ear and went out the next, went out the other. And, and they had this little competition about who was the best, who was the greatest. And Jesus had just explained to them, no doubt, some months ago or years ago. And I imagine he probably reiterated with them along the way, blessed are the poor in spirit. And they knew what Jesus said. They heard what Jesus said. Isn't that right? They heard that Jesus said, it, you're going to be blessed in life if you'll be humble and if you'll be a servant of all. They heard what Jesus said, but they were not applying it. They were having their greatest discipleship award ceremony. And they made only one nomination. Myself. They were building on sand and that house went splat. But in Acts chapter 2, you don't have to turn there, but in Acts chapter 2, those same disciples got out of the way and let God be front and center. And they began to preach Jesus Christ and they were living it. They were praying and they were gathered together and they were humble and they were thinking about others and they were loving their enemies and they were rejoicing in persecution and they forgave others and they trusted God and they were not living for the things of this world. And when the storms came and the trials came and the persecutions came, Peter and James and John and all the others, they stood. Why? Because then they started building on a rock. You see, their problem was not a lack of hearing. Their problem was initially a lack of application. 
Look at verse number 26 in our passage here. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man that built his house upon the sand. One that is lacking foresight. The word in Greek, if you're interested, is moros. It's the word from which we get moron. The moron built his house. How's that? That changed the song that we sing, right? The moron built his house upon the sand. Maybe kids would even get it better if we sang, the moron. Anyways, okay. So are you saying if I hear what Jesus says and I don't do it, I'm a moron? Yes. I don't know how else to say it. What's well, a moron? Well, a moron, a fool is somebody that lacks foresight. They don't see how this is going to end or they don't really think it through. They're only thinking about right now. They just didn't take the time to dig deep. Brother Sam in his note said this, it's alarming how many people are content to play the game with no true discipleship. In Ezekiel 33, the Bible says, God told Ezekiel, Ezekiel, also thou son of man, the children of thy people still are talking against thee by the walls and the doors of their houses. You know, he'd have a service and then they'd go home and talk about the preacher. And they speak one to another, every one to his brother, saying, Come, I pray you, and hear what the word of the Lord that cometh forth from the Lord. And, but then in verse 31, listen to what it says in, in, in Ezekiel 33. And they come unto thee as, my, as the people cometh, and they sit before thee as my people, and they hear thy words, but they do them not. There's a danger right here that we could just be playing church. Your kids ever do that? Get out the stuffed animals or get out the uh, action heroes because that's what the boys play with, not dolls. Girls get out the dolls. They play, sit up and have the preacher there, some bald-looking doll, <laughs> some bald-looking action hero, and they're all playing church. And, or maybe even this way, as a kid, maybe you even played church, you know, and somebody was the preacher and somebody was the song leader and somebody was playing the piano and somebody got saved and maybe you're the one who got saved every, every service. <laughs> Had to have somebody get saved, right? You only get saved one time, by the way. It's cute as kids. It's horrific as adults. If we're just all dressed up here going through a service with no intent on living the way that Jesus said to live. I see them now building their homes, don't you? I see this man that is dug deep. He's taking more time to build his house. I see this other man and he's building rather rapidly. I mean, it's going up quick. But eventually, they, all, they both begin to look exactly the same on the outside. And if you were a newcomer to town and you pulled into, into town and you saw in this village, you saw one home here and another home here, you'd say, look, they built on the outside of the same similar material. They have even a similar color. They have similar material on the roof. What you cannot see 
is the most important thing. And that's the foundation. But then when the storm comes and it's tested by the storm, then you see that this man's house, it stood. But this man's home, it was wiped away. Why? Because it had no foundation. What Jesus is warning us about is that in this very auditorium, there are people that, are, that all look about the same. Oh, sure, we've got on different colors and different paint. Um, oh, we, I'm just trying to say we look a little different. But, but at the same time, we all kind of look the same. You got your Bible open and, and some of you have been coming to church a long time and you see kids growing up in church. You see kids going to youth camp, same youth camp, hearing the same youth preacher, hearing the same Bible preach, going through the things, even to both of them coming to the, to the altar and, and maybe at different times and then youth conferences and, and then marriage retreats. And you see people, people just like you. And some of you have been here for a long time and we're about to celebrate this November, the 70th year of, of Southwest Baptist Church and some have even been here from the beginning or at least in the early years and their life, I'm telling you, I could name some names right now of some men and women alike that their life is solid. It's solid. Why? Because over the years they've heard what Jesus said and they've made it the passion and the endeavor of their life not just to be a hearer of the word but a doer of the word and they've stood the test of time and they've been through some trials and they said no to some temptations and they even failed along the way but they got forgiveness from God and they gave forgiveness to others and they got things right and they just kept going. They just kept building. Why? Because they were applying what the Word of God said. But sadly, over the 70 years, there have been people who have sat in these pews or the previous pews or in, high, in, in chairs in Sunday school classrooms and they've heard the same lessons. They've heard the same preaching, but they did not take it and apply it to their life and they're not here today. And how many pews are empty right in here? And I wonder how big this auditorium would have to be to house everybody that has been through these doors that have heard the same messages. I wonder where they are today. Listen, friend, if you don't take it and you don't take the time, to say, yes, I need this and I'm going to apply this, then you too may be like one that's smashed away. We probably could start about 50 churches in Oklahoma City if every believer would stop just being a part of churchanity and be a part of biblical Christianity and say, I'm going to be a disciple of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and stop playing church. I'm really going to do what he said. I'm telling you that would change South Oklahoma City and North Oklahoma City. In fact, we could spread out and start churches in Guthrie and Shawnee. Well, we already started one in Shawnee. Maybe another one. I don't know, but down in Norman or wherever we may go. And then internationally, and I'm thankful to God that there are churches in Brazil and there are churches in Sri Lanka and there are churches around the world. But I wonder how much more could have been done if God's people had not just been a hearer, but a doer of the word. How many more? You see, this is a matter of life and death. Never thought about church that way. That's what Jesus is saying. Don't just be a hearer. Dig deep. How do you dig deep? Well, you got to be in the Word. Say, preacher, look, I mean, I try to read the Bible and I come to words that I don't understand. 
Welcome to the club. I'm with you there. There are things I'm still studying out, things I'm still trying to wrap my brain around that I still don't understand. But listen, I believe there's enough that you do understand that you're not obeying. So let me encourage you, don't get hung up on what you don't understand. Just go ahead and do what you do understand and that'll probably be enough to keep you busy for a good lifetime. Because our problem is not hearing. Our problem is not even understanding. Our problem is obeying. Because we've heard what Jesus said about being salt and light. But I wonder if you just heard that message or if you're actually doing it. Our society is deteriorating at a rapid pace like meat that is going bad. And salt was to be used in Jesus' day to keep the decaying process to stop. And we're seeing decay in our nation, aren't we? Why? Because Christians aren't being salt. Rather, we're part of the decaying process, living the same kind of life like they're living, trying to live the American dream. I'm telling you, you'll wake up in a nightmare sometime and wonder what's happening to my marriage. What's happening to my family? What's happening to our church? What's happening? I'm tell, I'll tell you what's happening. We know what Jesus says, but we're not doing it. And if we had time this morning, we could. We could march through everything that Jesus has already said in this sermon. Into chapter 5 and into chapter 6. And we could see that he doesn't want us to have a religious facade, but he wants a real relationship. And he doesn't want your life to be captured into secular, secularism and, and living for yourself. No, you ought to be a sold out disciple. And we can march through all of chapter 7 and how we're supposed to have the right kind of relationships with one another. But I'm telling you what the danger is this, is that we could hear it and know it and even memorize it and yet not obey it. And we're building on sand. I believe that the vast majority here would say, I want to have a life built on application. I pray that's the case. But if not, you will be a life that has collapsed because you didn't. Dig deep. Let's stand together here today. <clears throat> With every head bowed and eye closed today, I'd like to ask how many of you can raise your hand and say, I'm saved. I know I'm saved. I've trusted Christ as my Savior. Praise the Lord. Who here today couldn't just raise your hand and say, I know I'm saved. I believe I'm lost. I've never trusted Jesus as my Savior. If that's you, you've never been born again. Never turned to God for your salvation. Would you raise your hand if, if that's you, if I'm Describing you right now, if you died right now, you don't know for sure that you'd go to heaven, but you're concerned about it. Anybody like that? Well, I'll look around here just a moment. How many believers today would just be honest before God and say, Preacher, pray for me because I haven't been applying 
what God has been saying to me, but I, I need to. Would you raise your hand? If that's you, let's just be honest with God today and stop playing around. Say, God, help me right here. Yes, I see many hands. And so I'm going to pray, and then we're going to have our invitation. We're going to sing, Just As I Am, page 275. If God has spoke to your heart, I encourage you to come out, to step out and come and pray, and ask God to help you to have the right desires and to apply what He's saying. Father, please help us in this hour. Dear God, we want to see families, lives, and a church built upon the rock. Thank you for what you've said to us. Forgive us for where we have not applied it. Help us to do so in Jesus' name. Amen. As we sing page 275, just as I am, would you join these that have come here this morning?